0: And we're live, MMA Uncensored live. We're back, baby! Another week. Uh, first and foremost, I just wanted to give a very quick shout out and a thank you uh, to last week's guest. Uh, we had a great time with Hector Lombard. A lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and I'm, uh, I'm happy that, that we had him on the show. He uh, he he made he made it. He made the show. I didn't have to do anything. It was an easy interview. I had to do no work. Uh, he he did it all. So thank you, Hector. Uh, also, I wanted to give a shout out. Uh, to the sponsors of course that make the show happen uh, Nick and Nate Diaz with game up nutrition for your CBD needs for your nutrition needs uh, check them out GameUpNutrition.com. Also veteran farms for your cannabis needs. Uh, especially you know today's Cinco de Mayo. Dubai I know everybody's drinking margaritas but you know have a little puff puff too while you're at it. Uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun night but check them out veteran farms I'm gonna be scrolling all their information on screen so don't worry about that. Uh, and also do, do us a favor, f- subscribe on YouTube. We want to get this show blasting out everywhere. Uh, so please guys, uh, do that for me as well. You can follow us on IG, MMA Uncensored, double underscore for your bare knuckle news, bare knuckle freak, and also my other podcasts, uh, which is a lot of fun a lot of celebrities and, uh, and just interesting people in general, guy think podcast. Uh, but let's get the show started without further ado. I going to bring tonight's special guest on, uh, Two-division boxing champion and probably, arguably, uh, the best boxing analyst on the planet, Paul Malignaggi. Paul. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on? Hey, Paul. What are you doing doing over there? (laughs) Hey, I see you're growing a beard for quarantine. Is that a quarantine beard or what is that?
1: Yeah, it's my, uh, you know, everybody else goes out to protest quarantine. I'm not getting sick. So instead of protesting and out there, I'm going to protest and not shave.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm telling you, man, you're gonna you're gonna get stopped at the airport with that beard, I think.
1: Nah, my mother tells me the same thing, but I tell her, "No, ma, I wear I wear earrings. Actually, I don't even have them in now. But I said uh, I wear earrings, so uh, the
0: terrorists, they don't wear earrings. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten stopped before. Like if I grow it a little thick, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, they, they stopped me. They've
1: funny. they've stopped me actually in England, but not uh, but not. I've never been stopped in the U.S. But in Where's England. It? I- uh, what were you doing stopped.
0: that you got stopped it was just a random thing or yeah
1: yeah like they stopped me and like put me aside and like asked me a few questions i, I think it was you know they they probably were worried about like that terrorism and stuff you know but yeah. they let me they let me go i've never been stopped in the u.s though so.
0: thank god man yeah <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you don't want to miss your flight you know <laughs> oh, dude, especially, especially everything that's going on now that's the last thing we need yeah i don't even know what's going to happen now i mean First, we got the shoes are coming off. The belts are coming off. You got to take half your I clothes know. off. You got to get stopped. And then what's going to happen next? You're going to get like scanned with the the thing to check your temperature now. I mean,
1: yeah, I know. But, bro, you know what? I mean, I'd rather be safer than sorry, honestly. But but it's it, it just makes it more tedious to travel. You know, it makes yeah. it more annoying to travel. I mean, I mean, I'm not looking to die. So I'd rather be safer. And even if it takes longer, but. But I'll tell you, I, it does get more tedious. It was nicer back in the you know, when I was a kid in the 80s and we were going back and forth from Italy. And it was a lot. I remember my family used to walk me all the way to the gate, you know, like <laughs> I used to walk me and my mother and my father all the way to the gate. And then, and then they, you know, we get on the plane and leave. It's <laughs> now days, you gotta, man. yeah, the good old days, you
0: know. Now it's not happening. You gotta wait no. outside the parking lot now.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you're but lucky.
0: You- yeah, you know how it is in Fort Lauderdale. You're in uh, Florida now, right?
1: Yeah, I'm right, I'm right in Fort Lauderdale right now. I've been here. Uh, I got here. I got here March 9th. I got here March okay. 9th, and I just decided to stay because uh, I got to keep a place down here, but I'm back and forth. I'm always back and forth anyway, but uh, mm-hmm. I, uh I just I just figured it was no need to go back
0: to New York right now, you know? No, I don't I don't blame you. I'd rather be in the sunshine too, man, especially during yeah. This-
1: yeah no. yeah i mean I, they told me in new york the weather's getting better anyway so people starting to go out and not listen to quarantine regardless I, I think that's why they're just gonna open up regardless because what are they gonna do no people don't listen anyway so you might as well let people go back to work if they're not gonna listen yeah. might as well let them make money
0: i just saw somebody uh post something on facebook about everybody was watching uh some, some rocket it off nasa was talking about it everybody like bombarded this one bridge and it's like thousands really? of people on this. Like, what are you people doing? Could have been fake. I don't know, but it was like by quick hey. glance. I'm like, huh. I, I wouldn't be shocked either if it happened. Who the fuck is going
1: to space right now? Why would <laughs> who, who'd, who'd we thinking about going to space when you got better things to worry about? You know, they like, they're, they're
0: trying the to fuck? get away from the myrtle hornets.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yo, bro, was I think I don't know who it was that, that posted that today. It was uh, I don't know if it's I it might have actually been Hector. I don't know, like because Hector posts a lot of stuff. He did. It was a uh, he did post it right. The bee, the killing the mouse. Yeah, yeah. The guy, you saw that? You yeah. saw that, bro? I don't need that in my life. Who needs that in their life? Where, where do these things come from? And they kill bees? They kill they, regular they, bees too? Where'd they, they come from, these things? It's like a should. bee on steroids. It's like a bee yeah. on steroids. But, but if they were always out, how'd they get here? Right? I mean, they, I got, in, know,
0: they got into somebody's luggage on the way here. Yeah, now, of all
1: times now, you think that's not, that's the way that's coincidence, bro.
0: Just, um, yeah, I know, right? I don't know. Now it's time to go out, but now you're going to get killed by a hornet. <laughs> come on. That's what I'm saying, bro. You it's, know? It's, and they it's kill all the
1: bees, mark. too. You kill the other bees, it. it says. And we, we eat need the bees. It. It's crazy.
0: Anyway. So what have what you been doing during this quarantine since you've been down here? Nothing. I'm just kind of chilling, you know? There's
1: not not a lot to do. Watch a lot of movies, uh, you know, eating some food. You know, I'll go, I'll go for a jog here and there so I don't get too fat. <laughs> you know but uh that's it you know it's not, not not much to do you know but i but i say you know i'm it's also i'm also blessed that i can be down here i don't have to be stuck up there and you know stressed out or whatnot i, I tell you yeah. it's not stressing like sometimes people are like you know uh, oh, we want to go out i want to go out. i get it i get it but i'd rather be kind of i'd rather be bored in my house than bored in the hospital yeah. you know what i'm saying at the end of the day i also mm-hmm. understand the people that want to go to work and have families to feed i mean, i just think it's a you are stuck between a rock and a hard place right now between going back and not going back because there's people that have problems on both sides
0: unfortunately. Sure. Absolutely. And now when you go back to New York, are you in Brooklyn also when you go back? Uh or?
1: yeah, yeah. I got a place in Brooklyn and a place in Long Island. So I'll you know it depends on uh and depends on where I'm staying for the night, you know, but I have a I'll stay sometimes I'll stay in Brooklyn, sometimes I'll stay in Long Island, you know. Yeah. So
0: you're uh you're originally from Bensonhurst like me.
1: Yeah, Bensonhurst, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's where my house is in Brooklyn. I got Mountain Bensonhurst. And then I got a place in Island Park in Long Island. But I still keep mm-hmm. a place in Bensoners. My grandparents are in Bensoners, too. You know, so uh, everybody else kind of left, you know. But yeah, I, I – I, 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 including you.
0: <laughs> I've been down – actually, August I've been down here 20 years.
1: <laughs> yeah. When yeah. you got out – when you left, it was still kind of all right. It was all right still, you know. But, like, anybody that leaves now, I almost don't blame them because oh. there's no – there's no, there's nothing uh, – there's, there's no feel. There's no Bensoners feel anymore. As a matter of fact no. – I uh I think I was telling you, I tell people I was like oh, sometimes down here in Florida, they'll actually feel like there's more Benson and characters here. Than there are in uh in Bensonhurst, <laughs> than oh, there yeah. are in
0: Bensonhurst. <laughs> it's the six borough down here. A lot of people <laughs> yeah. from New York moved to yeah. South Florida, and you then know? and then you
1: get like the ones from Boston and Philly and Chicago too. Right. And they kind of they're basically from Bensonhurst too, but like with different yeah. accents a little bit. That's you it. know, they're, it's the same kind of characters. So yeah. and Montreal, I I found the whole cafe from Montreal. You know, no. that was wild too. All uh, by and Pompano, these guys from Montreal, and you know, I became friendly with them, and they and they're all basically like New York guys too.
0: You know, wow. Yeah, it's it's so it's so cool. Like you get it's cool, it's diverse down here in Florida, which is nice. You get a lot of different yep. yeah, um, absolutely. different backgrounds, which is really cool. Uh yeah, I grew up um I grew up in uh in Benson I lived on Cropsey Avenue for like, I don't know, 15 years mm-hmm. when I lived in New York. And then I moved down here when I was 17.
1: okay. All right. So oh. you got you, you so you went to high school up there. Where'd you go to high school?
0: I went to Severian in Bay Ridge.
1: Oh, yeah, Severian, you did tell me that yeah, yeah. I went to New York. Yeah. But as Maybe a kid, as a as a kid, I lived on a uh, bath and twentieth. So I was as a oh, kid. You were like a prime was, time area. Yeah, but then uh, as a teenager, I was at my grandparents' house on the sixteenth and eightieth, which is right by New High School where I went to high school or where I oh, was supposed to go to high school anyway. I didn't really end up going that much, unfortunately. But it's where mm-hmm. it was. The my high school was right there.
0: Andy Kelly says, Yes, Paulie. All right, all right. All right. Good stuff. Yes, yeah. sir. So go ahead,
1: Andy, good stuff.
0: So talking about Brooklyn, you were recently mm-hmm. on the new TV show Gravesend. Well, Willie is yeah. a cool friend as well.
1: Yes, yeah, it was a good, it was a, it was a good show. Um, you know, anybody from Brooklyn or at least from Bensonhurst, we kind of long for the old days. You know, you we you know, there's not really a lot of characters left. There's not a lot of the dynamic of the neighborhood left. So, yeah. so when you talk about '80s Bensonhurst. You know we kind of we kind of relate to that with when at least when I was a, I was a kid in the 80s Ben Center so I can remember it vaguely. Um, uh, I was born in the 80s. So I, I was basically a kid throughout the whole 80s and then uh, obviously the 90s, you know when when you still had your, your, your general characters around in, in the neighborhood, probably before the 80s was even better. I don't know. I wasn't around but but mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you what um, if you bring up Ben Center in the 80s, there's a lot of great stories a lot of uh, a lot of cool people oh, yeah. and um and uh you know I, I think the gravesend is basically something that takes place that because unfortunately you could not make a show about bread centers now there's, there's not your general characters are basically out you know what i'm saying yeah. I, I, you maybe you had more crime and you had a little more rougher but at the same at the same time i think a lot of successful p- people came from old new york i don't i don't necessarily 100% I don't necessarily think, like, the new New York is going to create more more successful people. I think actually successful people move to the new New York, but they're not produced in the new New York. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, I think the Bensonhurst – I mean, just in Bensonhurst alone, besides myself, you had even big, bigger stars. I mean, you had, like, Scott Baio was from uh, Bensonhurst. He went
0: to Severian too, for a year yeah. that he moved to yeah. LA. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> As a matter of – you know who else went to Severian? Uh, uh, uh Chris Mullen, their former <laughs> NBA player.
0: Yeah. Nope. I he remember when I – had my orientation for Severian. I went there. They had this whole video and Chris Mullins shooting free throws from behind his back, you know.
1: Yeah, no, he funny. was nasty, bro. He was yeah, nasty. He was. I think now, because then he went to St. John's, so he was total New York. Um, I think uh, I think now he's coaching St. John's actually. I think I think Chris Mullins coaching okay. St. John's now. Yeah.
0: That, his his brother was our uh, our basketball coach. Oh, was he? Yeah. <laughs> so they, yeah.
1: they kept the connection the whole time. They kept, yeah. They still have a good basketball program though. I remember because I remember my uh up in New York, my barber's my barber in New York. Uh, he uh, shout out to is Carlo Carlo is. Uh, he uh, he um, he was uh, uh, he has a kid who, who got uh, basically they give you like scholarships over there. Like they give a like they try oh, to yeah. sign you for like their basketball
0: program, you yeah, know, not even
1: college. And they were they were trying to pick him up. I think he's going there now. I think he his, his son is actually on the team now at Saberion.
0: I got Adam in here. Uh, he he watched the show. He said, "Why did they kill you, lad, on the show over a bird?" Well, that was fucking- that's how. I-
1: That's how I know know Adam. Oh, that's my boy, Adam. I know Adam. (laughs) That's my guy, Adam. (laughs) They killed me over a bird. I know. I know I saw that.
0: Dom- Dominic you were uh, Dominic you were, yeah how'd you get casted for the show it was just Willie called you and said hey you yeah want to be willie on just
1: show? hit Willie just hit me up he said i think I got a good character for you it would really fit you well you play him well um yeah. and then uh and then the character winds up being some kind of lunatic so i, I started wondering what if I if maybe I don't come off so normal to
0: a lot of people you know
1: so, <laughs> so so uh but uh it was actually fun to play it was fun to play the role you know uh it's just, then you i, got, I, didn't, I, didn't I don't want to give
0: it away but you got you you Something I didn't last in the garage,
1: <laughs> but I, at least I got, I, I, I was basically one of the main beats of the first show. So it was all right. You know, it was cool.
0: Yeah. Well, I was at it. Was that your first time in a show? Or... No, I mean, I've okay. done like, I've actually, I actually was in blue bloods in one episode. Oh, cool.
1: Um, I was in a show called uh, lights out, which was a, a boxing show about 10 years ago. Holt McElhinney was the, was the main character oh, cool. and it was a boxing show, but only lasted one season. It had great, mm-hmm. great rate. It had gotten great. Um, Great, great preview ratings, but then uh, when it actually was on, like I guess a lot of people weren't watching it. But I was in the mm-hmm. last episode of that show as well, mm-hmm. and then I've done like still small shows. Like, uh, and then I've, I've I was in a Nintendo commercial in 09. I don't know if people remember when the new Tyson's Punch Out came out. Well, it wasn't Tyson's Punch Out anymore. But when the new Punch Out video game came out for Wii, I was I was I was little Mac in the commercials. Like oh, I would be like, yes, I do was,
0: remember that. That yeah. was wild.
1: That was wild, bro. Cause I'd be like watching like MTV or something and let it I'd, I'd, All of a sudden the commercial would go on and it would be me, you know? So yeah. it was, I it was, that commercial played on TV for like a good month, you know? So that was pretty cool. I do. And, remember uh, that. That's crazy. and then there was, uh, I've done a couple like little B movies, you know, independent movies and stuff. So I've got mm-hmm. a little bit of experience. I just never, I just never kind of chased it cause I'm not really the kind of person that Hollywood is going to love, you know, like, uh, you gotta be, you gotta be a bit liberalized these days. And that's not me. So so I don't think uh, I don't think uh, I would fit into too well in Hollywood. So I don't really bother chasing a lot of the a lot of the acting gigs. But if they mm-hmm. come my way and, it, and they're fun, you know, it's it's it's, not, it's an experience. I I, yeah. I definitely ain't getting rich off acting. That's for sure. You know, I just kind of <laughs> do it just as the, for a hobby, something to do. And it's something fun to do.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Man, hey, anytime you can get on TV, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So we got uh, a lot. I mean, it's been happening. I'm going to bring it up. The Conor McGregor thing. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, there's a lot going on recently. Uh, and I'm seeing, I saw bjpenn.com I, uh, I saw ESPN, uh, uh, ringside like recently a couple of days. Yeah. Now. You know
1: what it is with, with the internet now, everything's big. Basically like TMZ slash stone magazine station, national slash national inquiry. Everybody goes for the gossip right away. You know what I'm saying? So, so right. it catches fire, it catches fire right away.
0: It does, and uh, you know,
1: I got, I got, I got, I got to be honest. I caught a lot of heat. This is, you know, I always tell you, like MMA fans are not the brightest bulbs out of yeah. out of the in the set, not the sharpest tools in the in the drawer. Uh, but but I'll be honest, I, I was actually surprised at how many were dumb enough to actually think that interview where I'm wearing the red hat was like recent. They were they were coming at me like I said that that, that interview was like three years ago, bro. That interview was yeah, like when was the recent. when the ha- when it when it happened. happened. Right. Yeah, when it happened. I, the, which mm-hmm. is what? How long has it been now? Like. Couple year, two, three years. So like, I was like, yo, these people are dumber than I thought. Like, I was like, you know, you, you've seen this interview for sure. They've seen this interview because they, 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 they were all over the interviews back then. You know what I'm saying? So you, 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 you're reacting to an interview you've probably already seen. Like, like you, like you, like it just happened again. Like this is like WWS style fans. You know what I mean? Where like they know it's fake, but like they keep on going. You know what I mean? Not that the yeah. kind of beef for me is fake because it's not. But, but like. They they got excited all over again. I thought it was pretty funny, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, some people like caught it. You know, I saw some comments of like, "Hey, this was from a while ago." But you know, we're we're building up the episode. We want to, oh, of course,
1: sure. oh, bro, You got to do what you got to do. Of course, one hundred percent. But,
0: like, I, but I was,
1: you know. I and plus for me, I was getting a kick out of it because for me, you know, it's like whatever. You know, you're gonna yeah. talk, you're gonna say what you're gonna say about it. But for me, I the people getting riled up. Like honestly, I, I think if I if I um. If I bad talk these people's mothers, I think they'd be, they'd be less offended. Some of these people, the way they get offended, I think I could talk bad about their mothers and they'd be less offended for, so, than, than, than for a guy who they don't even know. Like, th- th- think about that.
0: Why do you think, why do you feel that way about the MMA fans? Like, they're, they're not bright. Because, or...
1: because, you know what? I'll tell you what. I remember before the whole Conor McGregor thing, I was the one who was actually really lobbying. I was the only non MMA guy who was really lobbying for MMA to get the, uh, the, um, the uh what is the Ali Act the Ali Act in in enacted for MMA you know i remember there was guys like kong lee randy couture they were obviously pushing for it you know and i remember on my social media even on my twitter at the time i was pushing some stuff too you know like i was making my own comments if i would get interviewed and asked about it i would make sure i i spoke my thoughts cuz i really felt that you know fighters in general need to be compensated uh in a correct way in the right yeah. way you know and and i think with the Ali Act it sort of allows a promoter or a company, in this case, because in MMA and MMA promotions they're exclusive, uh, not like boxing. But and and I felt like it gave an opportunity for a guy like Dana White to create a monopoly. You know what I'm saying? And, and I know he's been fought on that, but you know, it's it, so I, I felt like with with the Ali Act, you know, you're kind of you're kind of giving people an opportunity to make more money because you're seeing all the books. You have to see all the records. I mean, got, these guys in MMA, in the UFC, essentially, you have to take what you get and that's it, you know? And yeah. and even if you're a major star, you know, you're not going to really – you you don't really have a say because yeah. they're, they're – I wouldn't say – they're not the only game in town anymore, but they're still the biggest game in town because they – for yeah. a long time – because for a long time, they were the only game in town. They bought everybody yeah. out. So, yeah. so I thought like um, – you know, I felt like it was unfair to the fighters and I was, I was kind of lobbying for it. You know, I was, I was lobbying for it. I was getting behind it and I, and and I, I didn't do it for appreciation. Cause I really didn't, it didn't, it was no dirt off my back regardless, you know, it was mm-hmm. but, but I felt like everybody completely forgot about that. When, when the McGregor thing happened, you know? Okay. And then all of a sudden, like, I was like, and even fight, when I saw fighters getting on my back, mm-hmm. then I thought like, when I saw like, I saw guys like Max Holloway getting offended, like, bro, what are you? What are you mad about? Like Max Holloway was mad. I think Max maybe Max Holloway was mad that I fucked up Conor and Conor beat him. I don't know. I don't know. Where, I don't know where he got offended from mm-hmm. to begin. with. But guys like Max Holloway were getting offended with my beef with McGregor. So and so all of a sudden I was like, I was actually lobbying for you guys at one time. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I was actually pushing for you guys at one time. And then I was like, all right, you know, this is kind of weird. These people are getting kind of weird because. Mm-hmm you now you now it comes down to common sense at first i get it i get it you know joe i get it like at first like you know you get the whole, whole highlight video and, you, and you're in the moment i get it you know i mean even me when i saw the highlight video i was like yo, yo this is not how it happened how did he make even make it look like this you know then i went mm-hmm. I, I had to analyze it and nobody's going to analyze it like i will obviously because it's mm-hmm. i'm personally in the video you know mm-hmm. so i was like, was he? Cause it, it, did. Nobody even questioned if it was a knockdown when, when, when we, when we actually sparred. Like it was like so nothing. Like it was like the, the First of all, Connor had a referee. I mean, I saw well, so it know was that.
0: Joe Cortez was the referee yeah. for that. Conor, now, you, Joe, Joe, go ahead. You, you. So the from what I've heard, uh, the first mm-hmm. day I think you guys did like six or eight rounds. From what I heard, we then did, the, ne- yeah, the next day rounds. was yeah. twelve rounds.
1: Rounds. Not the next day. I had to unfortunately I had to go back for a week because I had to work. I still remember the fight. I had to work. Mikey Garcia versus Adrian Broner. Okay. So they called me on like three days notice. I think they called me on, uh, on Monday of the week of the, uh, of the, the week before the Brona fight. The, I think the Brona, if I remember correctly, Garcia Brona was July 29th. So they called Mm -hmm. me like, they called me the Monday prior to the Saturday of July 22nd, you know? So what is that? July 17th, 18th, whatever. And they wanted me to there in a few days. And I, I remember Mm -hmm. I told them, I said, uh, I said, uh, um, ironically, ironically, you know who called me, who works for Connor, was uh, uh Jerry Byrne, and Jerry Byrne is actually mm-hmm. Adam's cousin. Adam basically disowned his own cousin because he knows the real deal. You know, wow. like Adam, my boy, that was that left the comment. You know, yeah. <laughs> so so he won't even talk to his own cousin because he knows the deal. You know, so Jerry hits me up, and I was friends with Jerry's brother at the time. You know, uh, Dean. I used to train with him in LA. You know, so I obviously had a, I didn't have a relationship with Jerry, but Jerry was kind of like the the correspondent to me because of the connection I had with Dean. So Jerry mm-hmm. called me on, on the Monday and he's like, yo, yeah. we need you to come. We need you to come spar." And he hadn't called me honestly in like, two, in like a month, maybe even more than that. You know, like at first mm-hmm. he hit me up, said, we're thinking about having you come spar. I'm like, all right, let me know. You know, if you give me, you know, let me know and I'll get in some shape. Cause honestly, I had retired a few months before and I wasn't trained. And then I remember I, I, I ran for like a week and then this guy didn't call me and he didn't keep me up the day So I was like, fuck it. What am I going to do? You know, if they didn't call me, they didn't call me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, look at that <laughs> Get out of this Just pop it up so, for you <laughs> so 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 they didn't call me i mean i stopped training i mean I'm retired i want to enjoy retirement you know plus yeah. you know what was happening too if you remember Joe was the was the, uh, the 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 press tour? You remember the press tour, and I got hired to work yes. the press tour. I got hired on that press tour, so you were
0: for, technically Connor's team at, at that point, still right?
1: Tech, I was not Connor's team on the press tour. Like Jerry had had hit me up, mm-hmm. he asked me to come Spawn. He got my number from Dean, and I okay. was like, okay, uh, yeah, let me know, and I'll get in some shape. So he's like, all right, yeah, we're thinking about it. Then he never contacted me back. So I, I ran for like a week, a few days, a week, and then when he didn't contact me back, I stopped training. Cause again, I just retired. So like, I want some time off. I want to chill, yeah. you know? So I, like I said, I'd been off for a couple of months already. So then the press tour starts. So I'm thinking even more like, all right, you know, like so I'm basically, I'm just going to work this as a broadcaster, which is mm-hmm. fine. You know? And, uh, and, uh, I saw, uh, I was on the press tour for, I think for three cities. I think I, I didn't go to London. I, they, yeah, I did. Yeah. I did Toronto. I did. I, I did, a. Uh, I think I did LA, Toronto, and New York. I think if okay. I'm if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I did LA, Toronto, and New York, and then I didn't do the London leg of it. and And they didn't they didn't and they knew I was I, I was working the press tour, and nobody mm-hmm. hit me up saying, "Hey, listen, we're going to use you." So, like I said, that with that kind of doubled down on the fact that you know they they didn't need me, which was fine with me.
0: So, after you know what we saw,
1: so it's know, been like a month. It's been like a month, month and a half before he hits me up, you know. Okay. And then, and then he hits me up on the Monday, tells me he needs me right away. I'm like, bro, oh, I'm, I'm working next week. I was like, why don't you just have me over after a Brona fight? He's like, he calls me back. after that again, and he's like, no, no, we need you like in a couple of days. I'm like, all right, you know, fuck it. I'm, I'm thinking to myself. I've done training camps. You yeah. do three, four rounds with each sparring partner, essentially, because you right. want them always fresh. Me, mm-hmm. I want – and most champions, what we do, we do two, three rounds with a fresh guy. Then we bring in another fresh it's guy. A we a tank
0: style. We, you throw Yes, somebody, exactly,
1: yeah. because yeah. you're the one fighting for a championship, not your sparring right. partner. Right. So I thought, hey, you know what, <clears throat> even if I'm not in great shape for a couple of rounds, I'm fine. Instead, he has me to do eight on Thursday. We did eight. It's fine. How'd that we were go, with do, the
0: eight on Thursday?
1: The eight on Thursday was kind of on – on on um. Uneventful. You know, he talked a lot of shit, though, I remember. So I'm like, oh, this guy's kind of serious, you know, like, not that I didn't expect him to be serious. He's training for a fight. But I kind of looked at it like I kind of approached it like a sparring partner, like give him some rounds, you know, give him some different looks. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go crazy, because you're not really in shape. And, uh, you know, whatever it is, it is. I remember he did eight rounds. And uh, it was fine uh but like i said it wasn't it didn't get like it wasn't one of those like get out of hand type of shit and as a matter of fact after that he was actually friendly he actually hit me up Uh comes up to me after the spar and he was like hey listen we want you to stay for camp i'm like listen bro i came here i'm here just let me know it was fine okay. and uh we were supposed to spar again saturday because i was leaving on uh sunday because i had to work monday to saturday because when we do a fight week, we work the whole week you know and i and the next week was a fight week so i on saturday he changes his mind He didn't want to spar so you know, I, uh, which I, I didn't complain, whatever, you know, I'm there. I actually watched them spar, uh, who's this amateur kid? This that amateur kid, The amateur kid, uh, is Irish kid, if, if he could have blown Conor, this kid, if Connor would have pulled out his cock, <laughs> this kid would have blown him 100%. I, I have no doubts in my mind. His name's, uh, uh, Tiernan, Tiernan Bradley, Tiernan Bradley's name is, if Connor would have pulled out his cock in front of him, he would have blown him 100%. So, I mean, he sparred him and it was kind of like, uh. A touch sparring and then he sparred uh Rich uh who did he spar um the other sparring partner they came from california he's actually a good kid uh, uh a journeyman boxer um uh deshaun deshaun johnson oh sean johnson yeah, yeah he yeah. sparred deshaun okay. and so he did a few rounds with them and then i left sunday i mean that was it yeah. i saw the sparring it was kind of what i was work and i remember uh with deshaun I remember the work because, you know, whoever didn't spar has to work the corner. I remember with Deshaun, like Deshaun taking it way too easy on him. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of pushing him and he wasn't giving me, he wasn't giving me like anything, anything I was telling him. So if, and so I'm yelling during the rounds like, yeah, this, this, whatever, give instructions. He comes out of the ring after and he pulls me aside like angry. Like he, Deshaun was pissed. And I'm like, the fuck, bro, what's wrong with you? You know, like, you know, he's cool. Me and Deshaun were cool. He's like, listen to me, bro. He goes, I'm getting paid to be here. I'm like, yeah, I get get it. They're gonna pay me too. What's the deal? He goes, I don't want to get sent home. Okay, I don't, I don't want to. I've done, I've been a sparring partner for a lot of training camps. He goes, you haven't. This is your first camp. I was like, well, honestly, I've never been a sparring partner before. So, so he's like, you have it. If I don't want to, I don't need to be fucking this guy up and get sent home. Okay, I know, I know what I'm doing in there. I just gotta give him the rounds. And I was like, yeah, you know, I've heard of sparring partners. I've heard of sparring partners getting sent home if they if the work is not right for the for the the guy in camp. But I'm like, but this, but in my mind, I'm like, this guy's fighting Mayweather though. Like. Like, if he can't handle Deshaun Johnson, where the fuck are we going with this whole promotion, you know? Oh. But I was like, all right, whatever. And I left Sunday and I was okay. gone all week. And that was it. So, and so, I came back and you know the story.
0: Yeah. So, you know, you're in the ring. Obviously, we only saw that little clip. Joe Rogan oh. made a good point. Joe Rogan said, well, you know, why would they just show that one clip if you really got your ass beat for 12 rounds? Why don't they show more stuff, like a one minute montage of just different looks? And, you don't even None have you that. know
1: the the best it the best is not only doesn't he have a 1 minute montage because even a 1 minute montage for 36 minutes you can probably find it except if it's got to do with Connor. Connor probably doesn't even have a 1 minute montage in those 36 mm-hmm. minutes. That's how bad he did. But but I'll tell you what really would prove it if you could give you if you could give yourself like 20 seconds consecutively of any round pick any round yeah. and give yourself give yourself 20 straight seconds don't edit it don't change mm-hmm. the camera angle and don't go jump to another round like they did with the footage they did just give me 20 seconds straight of any round and, he, and you mm-hmm. won't find a single dominant dominant cycle of, the, of 20 seconds straight of him you won't find a single one like so he mm-hmm. needs to like take a clip of him here and a clip of him here which is what he did The 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 left hand that you guys that you see landing in that clip Mm -hmm. is not from the round where I trip up. It's from a different round. If you notice, he 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 hits me with that left hand and then he kind of pushes me into the ropes, and then I kind of fall into the ropes and the and the tape cuts to when we're in the center ring because it goes to a different round. Mm. So in the in the in the center round in the in the in that clip, which is another three four seconds, nothing's landing. Nothing's mm-hmm. landing. And you can tell the difference in sound because when he lands the left hand, you can hear the sound of the left hand landing. Besides, mm-hmm. obviously, you can see it. Nothing sounds like that when I go down. It's all like leather sliding off my shoulders and, and you know, grazing. Like you can tell when leather lands and when leather slides, you know, because mm-hmm. we got Vaseline on. Mm-hmm. The the portion of video where I'm going down, everything's sliding. There's nothing There's nothing landing there, you know, so it's kind of obvious. And I thought like, okay, this is great to sell it, whatever. I get it. I, I'm, I was pissed. Obviously, it was great to sell it. But I and I knew he wasn't going to show the full spar. Remember, at first, the, what they what they they sold everybody as we're going to show the full spar after the fight. We don't want Mayweather to see what we're going to do, as if it really fucking mattered, bro. You could watch Mayweather train every day; you You're still not going to beat him, you know? Yeah. But he's but <laughs> but best. what uh but what but they said, oh, we're going to release it after the after the camp. And I was already telling people, bro, they're not going to release anything after the fight. You know what I mean? There's no way they're going to release it because Mayweather's going to mm-hmm. fuck him up. What he's going to do? Release a sparring session where he got fucked up too? Like it's going to be a bad look for him. So it, there's no there's no shot at him releasing this video. What about so, uh, Joe Cortez? Has anybody uh, talked to him about it? Joe Joe is kind of on a Joe is kind of I guess on a on a gag order. He didn't Joe did so Joe, Joe didn't want to burst anybody. Joe didn't want to talk too much because Joe had also signed the, the NDA and he got paid. You know, I didn't I didn't even take my money when I went the, when I when I left. You know, because I did not really need it. You know, like and honestly, I was so turned off. I'm like, I'm what the fuck am I gonna take your money for?
0: I'd really be so, interested to hear what Joe Cortez. But Joe won't talk. Joe won't. Joe won't talk.
1: Joe won't. The people that I I I know somebody. I know I know somebody that was uh that manages um Guido Vianello and mm-hmm. um. And uh, uh, the other heavyweight from uh, from England, who's the up-and-coming heavyweight from England? He signed to Frank Warren. I forgot his name. Oh. Light-skinned black kid. Uh, light-skinned black kid. But anyway, he managed to them. His, name, his name's Sam Jones. And, I, and Joe Cortez was up in camp with them. And he told me, Joe – he'll tell you, Joe told him the whole story. You know what I'm saying? And he was fucking laughing about it. Like, bro, Joe told me the whole story. But publicly, Joe won't talk, you know? But wow. Sam – but Sam came up to me, he goes, "Bro, Joe told me the whole story." He goes, "You fucking that guy up." I'm like, "Yeah," but Joe won't say it publicly, bro. So I'm kind of it kind of ashes me out, you know. <laughs> so so he was laughing because you know, to, probably, talk
0: to him about it, man. Yeah. Oh, Sam's
1: oh. a character. You got to find him on Instagram. He's like Sam Jones, you know. who cool. He's a character. I don't know if his name is Sam Jones on Instagram though, because honestly, Jones is kind of a common name. So, but I follow him. I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you his page. Okay. But yeah, yeah he's okay. a, he's a, he's a character himself. But anyway, he's managed a few fighters. And he's uh, friends with Tyson Fury too, mm-hmm. as well. So they were all up and they came together. It was all heavyweights. And Joe was up there and uh, he was telling me at their conversation they had and shit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it was funny because besides all that, the only other person that was there that isn't going to shit on me because everybody mm-hmm. else was like his boys is uh, Deshaun. Deshaun, mm-hmm. has, if you notice, Deshaun hasn't spoken about it because he doesn't want to get Nothing. on their bedside because yeah. they paid him. Because yep. they paid him, so obviously he doesn't want to burn his bridge. But at the same time, he knows the truth, so he's not going to speak about it. Everybody mm-hmm. else, everybody else is there to blow him, including his mm-hmm. trainers. They're all there to blow the guy. So like, they want—they don't actually train him. You know, they they, they it, 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 its like a blow job session. It's like a porno session. You know, they stroke him. You know, like like basically like let him feel good, stroke his ego, tell him he's great, all this other shit. It was the weirdest. It was mm-hmm. the weirdest camp setup I ever saw in my life. Because this guy then would post videos, like. When he's running on the treadmill on the water and he's bicycling like 20 miles. Hmm. So obviously, you know, like you want you know from a conditioning standpoint, he's getting in shape, you know, like right. s- which is why there's no excuse for him getting tired in the fight. He's getting in mm-hmm. shape from a conditioning standpoint, but your mind makes you tired when you're weak mentally. Of course, you're gonna get tired, you know.
0: Yeah, I was gonna That's ask another- you in the ring. Like, did you notice any power from Connor when you were in a- like, the he hits like he hits like a
1: grown listen, he hits like a grown man. I can't tell you hits mm-hmm. like my sister because you know it's like no no grown man hits like my sister, but but you know, like, cause I, it was a couple times where I was like, "Yeah, it's like my sister." Listen, he's a grown man. He, you know, when a grown man hits you, it, but it wasn't like wow power. It wasn't like I, I sparred guys. I've done a lot of sparring in my life. I've done mm-hmm. thousands of rounds at so many different fighters, and, and you know. Only, and especially with 16 ounce gloves and a headgear, there's gotta you gotta have like really really special power to right. to really get somebody's attention. Not cool. that they have a feel good because they don't, but you gotta have mm-hmm. really special power to get somebody's attention. And Connor mm-hmm. didn't have that special power, but he's like mm-hmm. a grown man, you know, it's it's fine. I mean, listen, that left hand on the video that were that were uh, that he put out, mm-hmm. that's in round 12. That's in round twelve, and and I'm kind of tired around twelve. I'll I'll be honest. Eleven mm-hmm. and twelve, I was actually really tired because I wasn't even in shape. And I'm I, right. the fact that I went twelve rounds kind of speaks for itself. The only way I'm going twelve rounds is if is, is if I'm the one in control, you know. Yeah. But regardless, if uh, uh, 11, 12, I was still kind of tired, and he hits me with that left hand around twelve, and and you know, you see, it didn't you know it didn't really do much. You know, he mm-hmm. pushed me off to the ropes. I was tired, but but then like I said, then the clip changes to a different round. But but uh, nonetheless, you know, it wasn't like a. a this 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 unbelievable power it wasn't like this mm. whole like but you know he's a grown man you know you you get in there you work and he's a grown man and mm. you know when if he lands a good shot you know you're like oh you know it's, it's a good shot but um he wasn't landing very clean very much you know he only landed yeah. a, ha- a handful of left hands in 12 rounds mm. and uh, maybe uh maybe a couple uppercuts you know on the ins- but um, honestly every time i would get close to him he would hold because he mm. you know mma guys i guess uh their, their, their instinct is to grab when it's close range you know
0: Right. And now we watch the Mayweather fight. Uh, mm-hmm. we see that, you know, Connor definitely had some cardio issues in that fight.
1: I give him credit though. I thought he was oh, going to spend too. no, uh, I give him credit in a different way than everybody else. I don't give him credit for lasting because Mayweather let him last, but I'll tell you what I give him credit. I thought he was going to spend the whole fight hugging because the camp the, in the sparring we had anytime mm-hmm. I would get close, he would grab a hold of me and just, just, gra- just hug me. You know what I'm saying? But he did not know how to, he has no clue how to fight inside. So anytime I would get close enough where I was planning to bang him a little bit, uh, he would just grab me. So we were basically boxing on the outside. And let's face it, Conor McGregor is not out boxing Malinaji on the outside. I, I, I spent my whole career boxing on the outside. So, but that's the, his only ability was to box on the outside. He couldn't really uh, uh, box on the inside, so he just hold a, grab a hold of me. So I was actually worried when the fight came that he would get himself disqualified for holding too much, you know. So when the fight came, he didn't do a lot of holding. So that's where I give him credit. He was actually. You know, I mean, he fought in a weird way where he was like, he like, he fought like he didn't even believe in his own power. So I guess like in the back of his mind, he knew I was right, you know, because he never stood his ground against Floyd. He backed up the whole way. He threw these pity pat punches like where a boxer knows when you're throwing punches like that, you're just trying to survive. You're not trying to win, you know. So he was basically throwing punches that were like allowing him to survive the rounds because he it's like he always knew like if I can go deep into some rounds, I'll get some credit, you know. So so he, he himself never really believed in his own power because I think he himself knew. Deep in his mind, that I, I, I was kind of telling the truth, you know, So about, when, about his power.
0: So did you did you feel that his cardio was better when when he was in the Mayweather fight or when you guys were sparring the twelve rounds?
1: No, his cardio was basically the same. It's just okay. with me, I couldn't push the issue as much as Floyd because I wasn't in shape. Okay. So basically, the reason I, the i re, will tell you—the reason I was able to go twelve rounds in that kind of shape was because I controlled the pace. So basically, I would land the shot, or I would land the combination, and usually I would follow up with like another shot or, or, or cut off the ring and get it, get in your face and punch, throw more punches. Right. But I can do that when I'm in shape, but the follow-up attacks are basically for guys that are in shape. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: in reality, when I was landing shots in that sparring, I was using it just to give myself a break because Connor would also wouldn't attack. You know, like he would attack in spots. Okay. So I was, I, I couldn't push the issue as much as I wanted to. Otherwise he would have got stopped for sure. And even in the sparring, he would have got stopped because his conditioning issues were always relevant. Mm-hmm. But, um, at the same time, my, I, I had conditioning issues if I'm in that camp. And so I used any shots I landed to kind of give myself a break. So it wasn't that fast of a, of a sp- pace sparring session. It was like right. spot, good spots, no spots, action spots, no spots, action spots, no spots. But that's basically the only way I was going to go 12 rounds for me. For me personally, I devised it that way so I could go 12 rounds. You know, for him, he's the one that's supposed to be in shape. He should have probably pushed the issue. And maybe he actually would have stopped me just on conditioning alone because, Mm -hmm. fuck, who the fuck makes a sparring partner go 12 rounds? I've never made any of my sparring partners go 12 rounds. So he could have probably stopped me had he pushed the issue, but he didn't because I guess
0: he had his own conditioning issues. So let's say Paulie Malinaji, Conor McGregor trained for a boxing match. A fully trained Paulie Malignaggi versus Conor McGregor, 10, 12 rounds legit he gets stopped because mentally he's too he's too mentally weak he gets stopped
1: because i also know how to mentally pressure you and cut the ring off and, and break you down like watch my fight for example with like um zab judah for the mm-hmm. zab is a southpaw much better southpaw than mcgregor by the way i'm coming forward but i'm not always attacking but i i'm mentally b- trying to break Zab by by cutting the ring off staying in his face even if i'm not attacking mm-hmm. physically all the time basically you do that to connor as a matter of fact i was in a locker room with floyd after the fight. And mm-hmm. I told, I asked Floyd, I said, bro, what was up with you not cutting off the ring? What, what was that about? He goes, bro, I had to. He goes, if I cut off the ring, I'm going to stop him in a few rounds. He goes, I needed, a, I needed to give a show. I was like, wow, wow. that's fucking wild. Uh, because he, if you cut off the ring on Connor, his own panic is going to make him even more tired. But Cole Floyd didn't cut off the ring. He just followed him around the ring. And Floyd obviously has experience to cut off the ring. You watch all the fights, he cuts off the ring in cool. spots. you know. So so I was like, wow, by not cutting off the ring, it gave Connor escape routes to last a few rounds longer. I was like, wow. This is wild. I, I, and the whole time, even when I was in camp and Deshaun's telling me, like, he can't attack him that much. All these things triggered thoughts in my mind. Like, wow, this was a hundreds of million dollar fight. These fans are all dumb enough to have bought into it to this extent. I was working the fight. So even after the camp was, I was, I left camp. I couldn't shit on the guy the same way because my boss was like, listen, bro, we got to sell pay-per-views. So you got to kind of play it in the middle. So I was like stuck between a rock wow. and a hard place because I'm like, this is the biggest joke fight I ever, I ever thought of in my life. And yet I can't shit on it because I work for the company that's producing the pay-per-view. So it's like, wow. I was stuck. You know?
0: So it was what it was. I got a question from Andy Kelly said, uh, Paulie, what round would you knock McGregor out in? in um, oh, no, I,
1: can, I, I, I could listen. I, I I know I'm not a big puncher, so it wouldn't be about a, a round. I just think my the psychological aspect of it would break him down. Like cutting off the ring, uh, landing my shots, obviously, in my spots, cutting off the ring, he'll eventually just kind of, give himself away. You know what I'm saying? And, and right. then I can, I can, I can up the ante a little bit, take more chances and, and start to stop him. So probably wouldn't be an early stoppage. I don't think, you know, but I think I would stop him just because Connor doesn't like to be uncomfortable. I I, I pulled his card and he, and he proves me right every time. He doesn't like to be uncomfortable. He, a fighter is a fighter, even whether, he, whether he's dominating or whether he's uncomfortable. You, you, you bring the fighter in, out inside you. That's why all this shit about Connor, like, oh, I, I, I'm not talented, I'm obsessed. You're not obsessed, bro. You're a bullshit artist. As soon as you get in your ass kicked, you're looking for a way out of the fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, a, you're a bully. You know what I mean? So if you're doing good, you're all right. If you're not doing good, you're looking for a way out of the fight. Did you watch yeah. the Khabib fight, Joe? Yes, I did. My brother yes, does jitsu My brother's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. My yep. brother brought out a good point, okay? Because in, in boxing, I can tell when somebody's surviving and somebody's fighting. My mm-hmm. brother said, everybody thinks he had a good first round with Khabib because he nullified him. He didn't, but my brother's jujitsu. My brother goes, he mm-hmm. didn't attempt a single offensive jujitsu move in the whole first round. He basically fought the entire first round, surviving, and pr- trying to prevent Khabib from submitting him. So he, you fought, you you talked all that shit, you, you threw something through a bus, you, you talk shit about his family, his country, mm-hmm. and you come out around one and you start surviving from the first second of the fight. You don't even, you. so you knew you weren't going to win from the first second of the fight. And then basically everybody bought your bullshit and they still buy his bullshit. If somebody- but, I love, but I love, I love pulling his card. Like I said, I love when, when I catch somebody being a bully. I'm from Brooklyn, bro. When somebody, when I, when I, when, when I know somebody's bullshitting or, or throwing wolf tickets, I'll fucking pull your card right away, bro. Cause I know who I am.
0: Well, let me ask you this. If uh, if the opportunity arose, would you accept a, a boxing match against Conor McGregor? Only until I'm 40 years old and only if it's winner takes all.
1: Because now you got my name dragged through the mud so much that he can that he can beat me and I, can't, I don't have a chance that the winner would have to take the whole pot. And I don't mm-hmm. think people understand. Because I saw a comment the other day saying that wouldn't be that much because Saron uh, C- or something like that. I'm like First of all, the Saron fight, if winner takes all, that means he gets Cerrone's purse and his own purse. Right. If, if I don't know, I, I don't know if people understand when "winner takes all means so when it takes all means the winner takes the whole thing. Now, commissions won't allow when it takes all. So you have to make like a sort of a deal where where the loser gets fifty thousand dollars, you know, what I mean, or twenty five thousand dollars. So that's basically as close as you're going to get to when it takes all because yeah. by commission rules, both fighters need to be compensated. So so basically the entire pot goes to the winner the exception of maybe twenty five thousand dollars. The loser gets a twenty five thousand dollar purse. You know, that okay. we can do it like that. And that's realistic. When it takes all is not realistic, but twenty five thousand dollars only to the loser and the rest of the money involved goes to the winner. That's realistic. That's the only way he's getting the fight at this point. Because at this point, he's uh he's got everybody convinced. So he's gotta he's gotta he's gotta put that on the line.
0: So uh which is why we, it'll
1: never happen, mind you. There's no shot it'll ever happen. Mm-hmm. That's why.
0: Go ahead. No, the uh the recent also recent rumors, aside from you know Paulie Maladaji and Conor McGregor, they're talking about Khabib and Connor, you know, going going head to head again. So, yeah, what what are your thoughts on the, you know, what are your thoughts on that fight if that fight happens?
1: I mean, everybody, like I said, everybody saw the first fight. He basically fought it to survive. I mean, if you want to mm-hmm. watch a, somebody with a journeyman mentality against somebody with a champion mentality. We've already seen that in the first Khabib McGregor fight. You know, Khabib fought with a champion mentality. He fought to win the fight. He fought an, he fought aggressive, and you could tell he had victory on his mind. McGregor fought with a journeyman mentality. I don't know if you guys have journeymen in MMA, but in, in boxing, there's those journeymen who kind of come in and give you rounds and, and just try to survive and try to give you enough rounds to where they, they look good so they can maybe pick up a check this night and then maybe pick up a check the next month against somebody else, you know? So, McGregor, you already saw the champion mentality against the journeyman mentality. Why would you want to see that again? You know, you'd rather see... Uh, You'd rather see Khabib against a uh, 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 Tony Ferguson or yeah. uh, uh, even a uh, uh, yeah, I'd say even Diaz. If, you, if, if if Nate Diaz always goes out fighting, regardless, you know what I'm saying? Like whether he wins or loses, Nate's never you, you never see Nate taking on that journeyman mentality. Like he's gonna go out flying, he's gonna go out flying, you know. So you know, give me give me somebody that's gonna try to win the whole way, even if they're going to wind up submitted by Khabib, because obviously Khabib is. is a is a is a a top dog but but give me somebody that's gonna try to win the whole time who wants to watch Mm -hmm. a guy try to survive against khabib after talking shit to all the press conferences you know like that's kind of that's kind of clown shit you know
0: so what do you think happens at the next fight uh khabib wins again
1: yeah i think khabib submits him uh, without a doubt you know yeah because because connor at a certain point in the fight you see how he knows how to survive he knows how to avoid getting submitted in round one But by round four, he's getting the shit beat out of him so bad, he doesn't even want to survive anymore. You know what I mean? He's just like, yo, let me wind up in this submission. Let me not fight it off as much. Because that's the good thing about MMA, at least for the convenient thing about MMA. Listen, fighters are fighters, and I'll give respect to any combat. But in MMA, you can fight your way to prevent yourself from being in a submission, or you can half-ass it so that you wind up in that submission without people noticing you're actually quitting. Because then once you're in the submission, the Mm tap is obviously necessary, and the tap is accepted. So, like, for me if you notice around two of the fight, Connor was already trying to give his back to Khabib in round two. And Khabib was actually like holding him, holding him up, holding him straight while, while on top of him and, and, and ground and pounding him, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so Khabib Connor was already trying to quit from round two. And by round four, you know, he ended up, you know, eventually quitting, you know, but, but for me, who wants to see that, you know, who wants to see a guy come in, talk all this shit? Yeah. You know what? i'll admit nobody promotes a fight like mcgregor you know like not too many guys you know so yeah he'll so talk all the shit he's but
0: great you, at promoting but,
1: it, but if you want to watch wwf go watch w i mean wwe whatever it's called now go watch that you know what i mean you got guys that'll talk a bunch of shit and then you know they they have it they have their script already out there you know like you already know what the guy's gonna do no matter what he's talking about and then he insults like your personal shit like he insult the guy's religion the guy's nationality mm-hmm. he insults like personal shit you know he threw a bus through the guy's through a chair through the guy's bus. Uh, that
0: was kind of like, crazy. You can't, yeah, you totally. can't,
1: you can't do that. That's you can't a good way to sell that. a fight, man. <laughs> of course, but Everybody you can't do that. At that point. Yeah, of course, but you can't do that and then and then bitch up in the fight. Now like, you, know, you got to take it. I'm telling you, you, I don't know. If, you probably saw that Khabib spit spared him when when they stopped the fight. You know what I mean? Like You oh, see Khabib's yeah. like head go for it. So you don't think that Khabib, even if he would have beat him, would have respected him as a man if Conor would have took his beating like a man instead of trying to quit right away? You know, yeah. like, the, yeah. even in victory, even if you don't like somebody, there's a respect factor there when you know they manned up and they fought you to the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, after all that shit, this guy looked for a way out from round two on. You know, right. like, you can't respect that. That's, that's punk. Bi- that's punk bitch shit. You know, like that's, that's tough. it's tough stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: So I appreciate your insight on that. I wanted to actually ask you a couple of, I'm going to bring up some names. So I, I want, I want to yeah. get uh, first thing that comes to mind when I throw these names at you. Okay. Tyson Fury.
1: Uh, best heavyweight.
0: The best
1: heavyweight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. He's, he's, he's amazing. For, but, for me.
1: For me, I mean, i I've, I've, I've said, I thought, I thought so before the the second Wilder fight, but I thought in the second Wilder fight he really cemented himself, and I, and I, and I like Joshua, and I think Wilder's also among the best heavyweights in the world, but I just don't think anybody beats Tyson Fury right now. For he moves mu- for a much like a much lighter guy. Yet he's a six nine guy. You know sure. what I'm saying? Like right. it's very you, you know, you, you got these big cumbersome heavyweights in this generation, and it's a lot of them don't move very well. I mean, I remember uh, uh Belouev, if you remember, like about a decade ago, he was about seven feet yeah. tall, but he was very cumbersome, very clumsy. Remember when Holyfield fought him? Yeah, and Holyfield, I, they could have they could have gave Holyfield a fight, it was that close, you know. Like yeah. Belouev, the size of a big fighter will will intrigue people, but but right. the problem with being that big is you're not you cannot be that athletic. So Tyson fury like he breaks the mold. Like you're never gonna see a guy that big be that athletic again. I don't think it's possible. I honestly—if you would have told me before I saw Fury if that's possible, I would have told you not. that's impossible. No, you got, you can't be that big and be that athletic. So, so to have Fury be that athletic and then be that big—it's—it's it's too much to deal with, even for heavyweight. It's like he—he's like in his own weight class essentially. You know, he's too much to deal with.
0: Yeah. What about Mike Tyson?
1: Mike Tyson, uh for me was one of my favorites as a kid, obviously from Brooklyn, myself. Uh I always have a theory about Mike Tyson uh, for, for 80s kids anyway. You know, when you're a kid, you're very impressionable. You're very uh, uh, you know, things really stand out to you. There's certain things that I was a kid, you know, certain people, uh, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, certain people when I was a kid, Diego Armando Maradona, if you're a soccer fan, sure. um uh, you know, Hulk Hogan, you know, Mr. T. You know, there's certain oh, man, people, sir. Rocky, you know, Let there's me tell you, people, stumped the brother. Yeah, you know, so like when 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 you're a kid, there are certain things that are imp- more impressionable to you. So I was a kid during the Tyson era, and I'm talking about kid like from seven to like ten. Because before that, you're too kind of too young to be, be too to be understanding. But seven to ten, you start to kind of understand things. You really don't, but you kind of start to think you do. So I saw my Ty- the, the Mike Tyson monster era from from when I was seven to ten years old. You know what I'm saying? Like that was like was was so for amazing. me. For me, I think I'm always going to be biased towards Tyson because of that. I think anybody in my generation would be biased towards Tyson because the, the spectacle that he was. For for kids, he was like a superhero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe that's what McGregor is for a lot of these guys today. The problem, the problem yeah. with McGregor fans is a lot of them are adults, so you don't get that excuse. Like you start to realize when you're like 15, 16 that all right, you know maybe maybe there's you know maybe there's no Superman, but we're gonna respect them anyway. Like you know if you're like seven to 10 years old and you came up in the McGregor era, I I I'll tell you, I can see you looking at him like like I saw Mike Tyson. But like if you're like 40 years old and you look at McGregor like that, you maybe I don't know maybe you're gay, but not that I'm saying anything's wrong with that, but I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think a grown man can look at things like that, you know? But, yes, Mike Tyson for sure had that impression on me. What do you think about the rumors
0: of his comeback, 53 years old?
1: I think, you know, I don't think it's a bad idea if he does, like, some exhibition fights. You know, like, people saw the pad work Tyson did, and uh, impressive, obviously impressive for a 53-year-old man. Jeez. But one thing you, that, that is not great for you when you're older is your ability to take punishment. And, obviously, if you're boxing, and you're boxing for a long time, for a lot of rounds, you know, your ability to take punishment throughout the rounds is uh, very much diminished than when you were in your prime, you know? So yeah. I think Tyson w- would be be fun to watch for three, four round exhibitions, yeah. but I think after three, four rounds, he'd be you know, it, I think it would be tough even on Mike, regardless of how impressive he looks at the combination punching, because boxing, you also get hit back too, you know, when fighting, you get hit back too. So I think your ability to take the shots back, it kind of diminishes. Well, yeah, man, you know, who wouldn't want to watch Mike Tyson for three, four rounds, especially the people, especially the people that didn't get to watch him. Like I watched him, like, like we watched him, like, you know, like, like that you were in that era, you know, you only heard about him, you know, you probably curious, you know, so it's, it's pretty cool just to see the, the three, four rounds because, because I'll tell you what, you can always see video. But there's nothing like waking up the day of a fight when you don't know the result. You know what I'm saying? You can yeah. always watch YouTube. Is amazing. Even my when I watch Ali, but I always wonder what it must have been like to wake up the morning of an Ali fight. You know, or yeah. I know what it's like to wake up the morning of a, of a Mike Tyson fight when he was in his prime. It was like you're buzzing from the morning on, bro. You're like you're going crazy already. You know, like especially as a kid, or even uh, like I said, I'll give him give McGregor that credit for the MMA fans. You know, to wake up the morning of a McGregor fight, uh, for those MMA fans that were like that, they're diehard MMA fans. You know, it's like you're buzzing from the moment the moment your oh, day starts you know yes, so
0: yes it's, so, it's not like fight week man it's yeah so
1: so so yeah. i think like you know for those people that didn't get the experience of a mike tyson i mean is it going to be the same no absolutely not but you know it, it'll be so it'll be a little taste uh of a of a, of a mike tyson exhibition Now, so i i, I wouldn't have, i wouldn't be against seeing it if mike wants to do it
0: what about uh bkfc president david feldman i'll
1: tell you what man of his word honorable you know for me Everything Dave promised me, we got it. He he's got his own thing going, and he, and he's running a good show. Um, I think he's grown the brand. Mm-hmm. He's uh he's he's made strides, and he makes the he makes the effort. You know, he makes from the moment I saw Dave, he was trying to get me to fight. You know, and like and obviously at first I wasn't I wasn't going for it. You know, mm-hmm. then when he signed Artem and all that, you know, there's the whole beef behind the McGregor thing and everything, and it was like a chance. And I'm like, and he presented to me. And uh, I might have even asked him about it, actually. Um, I just, thought, I just saw all the all the pieces coming together. Like this will be a wild promotion, you know. This will be like, you know what? And, and and Dave obviously knows that too. So uh, 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 I, I give Dave credit, man. Smart guy.
0: That's great, man. That's great. Uh, what about uh, Dana White?
1: Dana is, I'll tell you, Dana's not a dumb guy. Um, I, I mean if I call him a smart guy, I'd be complimenting him, which kind of I don't want to do, but but he's yes, he, he's smart, but he's smart in, a, in an evil way. You know what I'm saying? When you're smart in an evil way, you're kind of fucked up. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if anybody knows the, the story of the UFC or how it was, you know, like yeah, I don't know if you heard the story of how he bought the UFC or you know the yeah, whole story. Right. You are I don't know. I don't, I don't, do, yeah. do the do the fans at home know? Because everybody thinks like Dana's is this genius. It's not really genius. He kind of moved in on a power
0: move. Well, why don't you why over. don't you let the fans
1: know? Okay, so so the original owner of the UFC, we don't even know his name, unfortunately, at least I don't, and he mm-hmm. owned this. Company that was basically just tanking, you know, because they couldn't get it okayed in like the big, the big state, the big states, you know, like Nevada, like New York. New York actually didn't okay MMA for a while, uh, but you could—they couldn't get it okayed in basically Nevada, where you needed it to really take a push, push off, and and jump, you know. And uh, he was putting in these shows on it in these uh, nondescript places, nondescript states that didn't have these commissions that could push these events. So this guy—he's losing money. He's losing a lot of money, bro. He's basically hemorrhaging money, and you know he. he I, he came up with this brilliant idea, but he doesn't have the connections to make it happen. And because Vegas, the Vegas Commission will not okay him. So mm-hmm. I the Fertitas at the time were on the were on the board. The for the Fertitas, the guy that said money guys behind Dana, they were on the board. And they were, I guess they were part of the reason, they were part of the people that were denying this guy from getting a license in Nevada. They were probably mm-hmm. part of the part of the whole uh, operation. But what happens, you know, they they get Dana to approach him about buying it. The guy's hemorrhaging money, gives it up for nothing two million dollars obviously and what happens the, you cannot own the company and then and then still be on the board what happens the partidas jump off the board once once they once they buy it Once they, we, they buy it on the dana they jump off the board they have all their connections at the board so the connections at the board you know they have all their friends on the board so the can their friends on the board are not going to turn it down now that the partidas right. are coming back because you know everybody's friendly you know it's a it's a political game sure. so they, they jump off the board because they're not going to own the partida they're not going to own they're not going to own they're not going to own the ufc under zofa they created zofa and, uh, of course, Nevada, okay, is the UFC. And from there, the rest is history. The guy, the guy who owned it originally, you know, he, he, he just didn't have the connections. Is it a power move? Absolutely. Is it a scumbag move? Probably. Is mm-hmm. it business? Yes. It's capitalist America. So yeah. it is what it is. But then on top of getting rich like that, like I said, the, you need the Aliad because this guy was fucking his fight is so bad. Like at this mm-hmm. point, you, you know, are you're, you're, you're raping your fight is so badly that. That now you the ALIAC has to be enacted. How much money do you need? You know what I'm saying? Like then they sell it for 4.4 billion dollars. It's unbelievable. From 2 uh, million, to 4.4 uh, billion, billions, man. Yeah,
0: so this this, this guy
1: made this guy made like 400 million dollars when he was a fucking instructor from Boston. From where everybody told me. You know what I'm saying? That was basically a Tybo instructor. You imagine? So I give him credit for the hustle. you give I give him credit for the hustle. Hmm. But but he could have done it in a more honorable way. You know what I'm saying? But of course, cream rises to the top you have a chance now once you are running this company to show how honorable you can be. Maybe that was just a capitalist move and you can be honorable. Has he ever been honorable? No, he's a fucking scumbag. He underpays his fighters tremendously, fucks them over. Like I said in that other show, and you guys played the clip, I have never seen a single fighter that fought on a Dana White who who liked Dana White, with the exception of Conor McGregor. So Conor McGregor is basically like like the Uncle Tom of MMA fighters, That's why, which is why I don't get it, which is why I don't get, which is why I don't get how MMA fighters respect him and get his back because basically this was a guy who came in gained so much popularity he could have made a difference in your world Randy Couture is retired and he's fighting for the Aliyah to be enabled in MMA when it's not going to affect him. He's already been fucked over by this guy. So he was fighting for the Ali Act to be enacted even post-career because he just feels like it's the right thing to do. You know, it's not even going to affect him to make financial money because he, he can't benefit from it. He's not fighting there anymore. Mm-hmm. But he was still trying to do it because he understands his brothers-in-arms, so to speak, are there. This, fuck, this piece of shit, though, he, he basically coddles up next to the guy fucking everybody. And just could care less about the rest of the fighters, you know. So for me, when you're in a position to do that, you know, I speak out and boxing injustice. I speak out when I when I when I when I feel it. I always speak my mind, regardless whether people like it or not. But. But I think when you're in a position to do that and you don't, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, sometimes, like, in, like, in the world of politics, there's, Mm. there's right and wrong, and there's people that think like, oh, this side's right and this side's right. They're really fighting with what they believe is right, though. At least, you know what I'm saying? Like, but in Dana White's case, there's absolutely no way anybody can see that he's right, aside from being a fan. Like, there's people that are fans of Dana White. Like, I Mm. I don't get it. Like, I get you can like the way he promotes a fight. It's actually he knows how to promote a fight without a doubt. The guy knows how to promote a fight, but, Mm. but in the end. He's raping everybody. He's raping all. You, he's raping the fighters you love to root for. You know what I'm saying? He's mm-hmm. he's raping the fighters that you love to root for. That when they're retired, they might have to get a regular job. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. well, that, what's what's the fairness in that? You know. So that's my. Those are my thoughts on why it was. Mm-hmm. It took a. It took a took me a, a bit long to circumvent the whole, the whole story, but that's the story. <laughs> and nah, that's why I, that's why I can't, that's why I can't respect it. Not to mention, not to mention, not to harp on the Connor sparring, but mm-hmm. after the Connor sparring, this guy came up to me, basically blowing me. Like, I would, If I would have cooked my cock out after, after that sparring, <laughs> he came up to me, Dana would have sucked my cock. You know what I mean? Like, like he came up to me, like, looking like, wow, that was amazing work. You know, thank <laughs> you for coming here. Even a short note. It's Like it was like, and like, I was like, yeah, you're welcome. You know, like, I don't really want to engage the guy in conversation because I, I always thought he was a shady guy to begin with. Plus, I don't have to, but but I was like, this, this guy went out of his way to come up to me to thank me for coming here and, like, basically started blowing me. Like, like... I don't like you, bro. Get the fuck out of my face. Now I like him even less, obviously, because then he personally insulted me. But like, who the fuck mm-hmm. likes you, bro? Like, I don't fight for you. I don't have to respect you. Somebody's fighters, obviously, they're on the contract with them. They have to be careful the way they speak around, me, bro. I don't have to care. I don't have to care about anything, bro. I I, mm-hmm. I have a job regardless. You know, what I mean, I make money regardless. I had a good career regardless. You know, so so you're not affecting my my money. I can I can I can speak about you the way I want to. Mm-hmm.
0: What uh I actually uh somebody in the chat popped this up. Uh what are your thoughts on this comment from this fan? Just gonna throw it out. Yeah, go
1: ahead. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a uh... I think people uh, – this is this is what I call like a, a McGregor groupie or fanboy because mm-hmm. McGregor up until – if you remember – I mean I'm, you, you keep up with the MMA media. Up until like a month ago, McGregor was mentioning my name if you remember. you know He was talking about boxing. Yeah. He was talking about Pacquiao. So McGregor actually mentions me more than I mentioned him. I, I, every time I mention McGregor, it's more of a retaliation. So consider this my last month's retaliation because I have not yet responded about last month's comments McGregor made about me. And anytime mm-hmm. I think I, I bring up McGregor, he's already spoken about me prior. So okay. actually get off my nuts buddy get off my nuts and and, and stop and, and and wipe the cum out of your face out of your eye when connor's when of Connor gives you that facial so that you get a clearer picture of the whole thing because that's what you're doing you gotta stop blowing the guy
0: <laughs> Woof. polly malignaggi run uncut uncensored oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing about these podcasts right yeah that's why i like doing the podcast man i, I prefer to do podcasts man, because you yeah. can say whatever you want you don't, don't you. you don't have the uh, what? what's that what is that thing that uh controls the radio what, what is that what is that organization called i forget you don't have to deal with them i don't give a fuck about them <laughs> that's why i do the podcast it's just better yeah. it's more freedom we can do what we want
1: <laughs> yep absolutely what's,
0: so what's coming up for you
1: I mean, right now, nothing to tell you the truth. Yeah. I mean, I'm just – I've just been chilling. I've been in Florida for uh, – I got, I got here March 9th, so I've been in Florida for a while, um, just chilling. Um, I, I spoke to my bosses last week, and they said that uh, maybe uh, in July, maybe they're going to be fights because they made a good point. They said yeah. even if quarantine was to end the earliest mid-May – and. The fighters aren't able able to train for a fight, you know, you might be keeping in shape, but training for a fight is different than keeping in shape. You got to spar, you got to actually do a physical groundwork. So even if quarantine was to end mid-May and guys to start sparring and training for camp, Mm -hmm. that means they're not going to be ready until at least, at least July. So, so for me working, I don't think I'm going to be, have a a broadcast that I'm working until uh, about July or August. And from what I'm hearing, they might be with no fans, which is kind of a shame yeah. But, of course, it's better, better something than nothing. But yeah. it's kind of a shame because I, I think both for the fans and for the fighters, the atmosphere really, really gives you the adrenaline rush. I mean, even yeah. if you're a fan, being just seeing that atmosphere sometimes gives you the adrenaline rush in the build up to a fight, you know, in those last moments before the first bell, you know? So I think losing that kind of sucks. Yeah. But, hey, what are we going to do? We're going to let these guys get old, and we're not going to get to enjoy their primes. You know, yeah, there are a lot yeah, of great yeah. fighters that are in their primes right now and they deserve to be fighting.
0: 100%. Who's the best boxer right now, pound for pound, in your eyes?
1: Um, you know, I I I got a a, a few that I, I I look at. I look at a uh, Crawford and Blomachenko. For Thank like you. Like my Terrence two Crawford, favorites, right? you know? Yeah, Crawford, T- Blomachenko Crawford, as well. Man. You yeah, know, I, uh, I look at I look at those two as like probably the the upper echelon and and and, and the best guys in the sport. Pauly, you, do know? you know, um, like
0: I have these conversations with people. Like I could go down a rabbit hole in boxing, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've been watching. I mean, I've been following Bud for maybe like the last six seven years, and I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, this mm-hmm. guy's different. You know, he's like, yeah, he, in my opinion, he's a guy that. If he would have catch Floyd on the way out, he would have beat Floyd. Yeah, that's how yeah, good Terence yeah,
1: kind of of yeah, no, I I agree. Terrence has special traits, special quality, special yeah. fighter, and and he was always a good fighter. He was a good amateur. He actually, mm-hmm. uh, I think he lost in the Olympic trials to my friend uh, Saddam Ali. Actually, oh. uh, Saddam ended up winning a world title, but obviously in the pros, Terence kept maturing and just got to a. a an altogether, a different level, and you know, it makes him really tough. He's just as good lefty as he is righty. I mean, so it's yeah. very, very tough, you know. Yeah. So, I, 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 uh, a terrific fighter, him a Lomachenko, too. For, for the MMA fans, I don't think people, maybe not all fans, know this. You know, what? Lomachenko did Sambo until he was about 15 years old. If there is a video, there's about a 10 minute video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you search it. I maybe put Sambo Lomachenko, Sambo Judo, something like that, but you'll see like a whole 10 minute clip of, of Lomachenko as a child all the way up until he's like early teen years in Sambo tournaments. So he's nasty, bro. He's nasty. You see him like as a six year old and he, up until he's about 13, 14 and he's highlights and he's wow. doing Sambo. Uh, he's doing Sambo judo. So, so he did it. He did it for a long time, but I guess at a certain point he had to, he had to probably start to focus on one thing if he was going to have success. Hmm. So he chose boxing, but, but yeah, the guy was, the guy's no joke. It'd be hmm. interesting. I, I think a lot of fans would like what a lot of MMA fans would, would enjoy that video.
0: Hell yeah, man. Paulie, I want to thank you so much, man, for. Taking the time to be on uh, MMA Uncensored, man, this was a lot of nah, fun. No, no
1: problem, man. No problem, man. It was, uh, it was a good, it was a good chat. It was good.
0: We, yeah, we got uh, So after everything is done and uh, we're back to normal life, hopefully, uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna be. We got some surprises that are coming up with this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. We like to call it Uncensored Live, but we're actually gonna be doing live footage with fighters, professional fighters, where we're actually going out to sit down and eat and just bullshit. And we're going to have a camera crew with us and everything. So, That's cool. And you get their uh, reactions. Yeah, just hanging out. You know, yeah. just hanging yeah. out. So we'd love to, That's you know, the best
1: way where you're just kicking yeah. it like that. You know, you get the most natural reactions.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you're, you're definitely on the guest list, man. So I'd love to have yeah. you on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Are you guys only in Florida? Are you guys going to go all over the place?
0: We're gonna go everywhere. Uh, you okay. know, we got uh, we got quite a few sponsors that are sponsoring us now, so we're good. we're gonna fly out. Uh, you know, a lot of different events we'll be at. So good, good. Cause I'm know. in
1: Florida. I'm in Florida a lot, but okay. no offense, bro. The summer in Florida is too much for me to deal with, bro. You know, it's brutal, so I, bro. If, in my in, a, in, in in my best world, I would I would be in New York or in Sicily in the summer, but I don't know if Sicily mm-hmm. is gonna be a great idea with how big coronavirus hit, hit Italy. Yeah, we'll
0: see. Pretty bad. That's pretty we'll see. bad, man. But uh, my thoughts and prayers with your family. Stay safe. Thank you. And, you too, man. Uh, thank it you. It was a pleasure, brother. Absolutely, man. Take care. Take care. All man. right. Good stuff. Bye. Paulie Malinogji, ladies and gentlemen, had a that was a blast. Uh, Paulie's a great guy. Uh, say what you like about him, but uh, he's uh, just uh, got a lot of lot a lot of information on boxing. He's one of the best in the world as a boxing analyst. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in for Paulie. And right now, I have our Next guest, who I'm very excited to talk to, Uh, she is from the hit series on Netflix, The Circle. She was pretty much, uh, in my opinion, the the star of this whole thing. I want to get her on here right now, Miss Sammy Cimarelli. Sammy. Hi. Hey. uh, There we go. Now I hear you. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you. Uh, So how's uh, quarantine life treating you these days?
2: Yeah. I'm over it. I just want to go to the beach so bad. That's all I want to do. Are you in Miami? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. How has uh, Miami been during this quarantine? Has it been a lot of people in the street, or has it been kind of low-key?
2: No, the streets have kind of been empty, but I feel like people have just been taking advantage of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And we tried to open up some parks and, like, beaches last week, but I guess people weren't following the rules, so they closed it back down again. But I still see like, you know, on Instagram and stuff, people are out and with each other, but... I know a lot of stuff is still closed. The beaches are closed, so it sucks.
0: Are you practicing social distancing?
2: I haven't left my house in like two months. No way. I mean, I left, okay, I left the house. I went to the post office like maybe three times, and I went to Publix once. But, yeah, no, I don't leave the house.
0: Smart. So, I mean, does that give you a lot of time to talk to people, social media, and like do business and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm still in school, so most of the time, like, my days are filled with homework and stuff. But Okay. um, I'm uh, Today, I officially finished my semester, so I have, like, maybe, like, 10 days of no homework, and then I have to start my summer semester.
0: So you mean to tell me that you finished your semester on Taco Tuesday slash Cinco de Mayo or Cinco de Quarantine?
2: I did. <laughs> what are it you going to school for? Uh, Behavior analysis.
0: <clears throat> okay, that's right. I remember you had mentioned that. On the show, you were in school.
2: Yeah, I'm getting my master's.
0: <clears throat> oh, congratulations! That's amazing. Thank you. So the Circle, this this show, great show. I watch it. Actually, the funny part is, uh, I you know we chatted a little bit, I think through email about it. But uh, your aunt is coincidentally my friend on Facebook, and she started promoting the show. You know, hey, check out my niece. She's on the the show, the the Circle on Netflix now. Uh, you know, I watch Netflix. And I, I, I seen it, you know, I'm like, ah, let me check this show out, you know, and I, I got hooked right away. I thought it was so cool the way, you know, the whole game show is and everything. Uh, obviously, you were like the, you know, one of the highlights of the show, you know, you right in the beginning, a lot of people talking about you, you had really sexy pictures of yourself up and you know, yeah, like Joey Sasso going nuts and the other guys like, oh my God. So how did, how did you get involved? Like, how did this all come about for you?
2: So um, I guess I had filled out an application, like, through my email. So, I mean, I've gotten, like, a, a bit of the story from the producers and some of the people that work the show. Um, so they sent out, like, a mass email to people. And, like, um, like they have it a up to Instagram to where, like, um, people can – like, you, you, when producers and stuff, they can run it through, like, a system or something. I don't know what it's called. But it brings up all the Instagrams that have people's – um, emails connected to their Instagrams. You know, like on Instagram, you can click like email to email somebody or right. somebody. So mm-hmm. then they sent out a mass email. I guess I was one of those people and I guess I filled it out. Don't remember filling it out. But I got a call a couple months later and they were like, hey, we loved your application. um We're filming for a show. We would love to have you on it. And it kind of just was like a domino effect after that. It was like interview after interview. And then wow. somehow I was in an apartment. <laughs>
0: how, how many interviews did you have to go through?
2: um so i went through one adi- like original one it was a skype interview i never auditioned for the show i just had one skype interview and then they like um they put it all into one like short clip like it was like a two hour long skype but it came into like two minutes and they present that present that to the production company and then um after that the next time i had like not an interview but meeting people was when i flew to um la I met like the psychiatrist or the psychologist and um i met the executives of the show and they interviewed me like personally face to face which is scary um <laughs> i guess to find out like if they really wanted me on the show or not and then after that yeah
0: i was so what was that like when when you had to go face to face um like were they asking you like a bunch of different questions about just like yourself and what you would do if you got casted to be on the show
2: yeah honestly it was really quick um okay. And I had waited the whole entire day. I remember I waited the whole day. And when we were like in LA prepping like for those interviews for those mm-hmm. three days, we were on lockdown then too. Like the same as if we were in the circle. So like I couldn't watch like certain television shows. I didn't have a phone. I didn't have my computer. Like I didn't have anything. It was just me in a hotel room, like with nothing to do. Wow. And, um It's
0: like being in quarantine in a way.
2: Yeah, it was. For three <laughs> days and I'm like, what the <laughs> heck? I'm like dying. <laughs> And so I remember like being in the room and the two executives walk in, they sit down and they were like, so nice. Like not, it like, was not anything that I was expecting, um, but they were so sweet. They were just asking like questions and asking um, if I was going to be a catfish or if I was going to be myself, why I was going to be myself. Um, and yeah, pretty much just like what my game plan is, mm-hmm. my personality, which. I like showed them my personality because they would ask like funny questions and stuff. And, um, yeah. So after that, I, I think I like bought it. It was just sold. I follow that. We probably talk other on Instagram now. think. Okay?
0: Amazing. We're <laughs> uh, you guys are besties now. So like, that's pretty cool. I mean, like, what was that like, you know, when you got the call, they, they casted you, like how, you know, were you excited? Were you nervous? What was going on in your mind?
2: So actually, um, i found out like three days before flying to london or like four days before flying to london um and i was so what they what they have you do is like you have to sign a bunch of like legal documents and stuff of course okay. and um i they make you go on a skype call with one of the producers mm-hmm. and they read you the entire document you know how long and annoying that is it's like 45 minutes uh, like, yeah, and i have to answer like it's quick though but like they try and make it as quick as possible, but they have to record the call and everything to show that like we're agreeing to this, you know? Because it's intense. Yeah. I can imagine like people probably are like going crazy now with quarantine and stuff. But the circle is way different. Like, you can't leave at all. You can't even go outside. Like you can't open the doors. You can't open the windows. So you have LED lights on at all times. Like it's so wow. much harder. Than everyone's going through now. So like, so, if you're
0: hungry, did they someone bring you food? Like somebody that works on set? Like they hook you up behind the scenes?
2: Yeah. So there was okay. like. There was nine cameras in my apartment. They each had a microphone on it. And so like they could hear me and I'd be like, oh, I want like shrimp or I mean, weekly. I mean, yeah, weekly they would do like grocery shopping for us, though. So would okay, like, give should, them like
0: a list or something.
2: Yeah, I would give them a list of like stuff that I want. And then like if I wanted certain stuff, like they would just bring it to me. Liquor, um, too.
0: Like if you want a boost, they get you that, too. No, I mean, so- <laughs> that would have been the first thing on my list
2: since it was uh, filmed in the UK, mm-hmm. like, they're very different. They're not into, like, you know how, like, US drama shows, they're kind of, like, really, like, a lot of drama, and, like, it gets a little bad. They're oh. not, like, that in the UK, so our show is, that's why our show is so nice and, like, sweet, and, um, like, it had drama, but it wasn't, like, nasty drama, you know what I mean? Right,
0: yeah, and it was more, well, like, like, for the game.
2: Yeah, and they didn't want us to be drunk, or, no. like, you know act out and be like
0: not like the jersey shore basically
2: yeah they didn't want it to like be distasteful is that a word yeah
0: it is Uh, a good word
2: so they were they didn't want it to be like that so they would allow like two beers a day or like um the party like the dance party that they had um Mm -hmm. like they gave me tequila but it was like
0: (laughs) (laughs) just a wee bit
2: (laughs) And when they gave it to me too, they came over because they had a loudspeaker in the apartment and they came over the loudspeaker and they were like, don't drink it all at one time, please. And I was like,
0: Oh no, I would have chugged that.
2: It was really, really big. It was, <laughs> a it was two shots. So I was like, wow. I yeah. wasn't good anyway, but yeah, so it was cool. So I was on FaceTime.
0: Did you tell them like, Hey, I'm from Miami. I can handle my stuff here. Well,
2: of course they knew I was, tra- they knew <laughs> my whole life before I even got to London. be real. But, um, yeah, so I was on FaceTime and they were reading the, like, the um, the disclosures and stuff like that. And as we were in the FaceTime, me and the producer who were on FaceTime, me and him and another woman working for the Circle, we were all in a group chat. And we were both on FaceTime and, like, the message came down and she was like, we officially just found out Sammy's flying to London. So it was, like, three days before I was actually leaving. So yeah, I found out as I'm on the disclosure. So they probably have a video of me like reading the disclosure. I'm like, <laughs> like freaking out. So yeah, it was crazy. I was that so excited.
0: Is, you know, I uh, about two, I want to say like two months ago, I sat down and interviewed uh, Miranda. Uh, mm-hmm. She was on the podcast, and uh, we had a great time. Super sweet, real nice girl. Uh, she, I think she was in Hawaii for her birthday. She was celebrating yeah. out there. Yeah. What's that?
2: She lives there now. She just moved there.
0: She ended up moving there. You know, it was funny when I was interviewing. I was like, "Would you move there?" And she's like, "Well, you know, I'm in uh, uh, she was in uh, Lake something. I forget where. Somewhere in California. I forget Lake something. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So she's like, yeah, you know, I, I. She's like, it's so beautiful here. I would consider, you know, moving here. And I'm like, and now she's there. That's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah. She um, she moved with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend lives there. So, um, actually, like, I was just talking to her the other day, and we just got an apartment, like, maybe three days ago, four days ago.
0: Wow. Crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Even through quarantine. Good for her. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, when I was talking to her, she brought something up. I had to ask her this question because I was, you know, I was curious about it. Um, that I f I'm like, did you feel that the people that came in later in the game had a disadvantage because the people that were there from the get, they were able to establish those relationships early on? What do you think about that?
2: I don't know because – after, of course, after watching, I mean, after filming ours, like the minute I got home, I watched the season one and two of the UK version because I did. I did never seen them before before ours. Okay. So like I nothing. So and they wouldn't let us watch it in the UK, which is so annoying. So I got to watch when I came back. Wow. The season two winner came in like last. He was like one of the last people to come in. So I wouldn't say that they wow. have. Ever since like seeing that, when people ask me this question, Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I don't think that they have a disadvantage because at the end of the day, like people's minds can change and things can change. So I -hmm. guess it all depends. For our season specifically, I would say, yeah, people definitely had a disadvantage because early on, and there was a lot that they didn't show and there's a lot Mm -hmm. that they edit out and stuff, but early on, like our little clique was already like formed. You know what I mean? Okay. So it was kind of like we already knew. And I remember just telling myself, which they never showed, but every time I, I, like, ratings and stuff, I would be like, they better not put someone new at the top because I will be so mad. <laughs> they do not deserve this, especially because when I first got there, I went through so much bullcrap that I, like, wish never happened. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't change the experience for anything. Yeah, um, yeah Shuby so was, like, Shubi
0: was uh, he was up there a lot. Shuby was, he was killing it during the show, yeah, I saw that.
2: He was, like, he was so sweet and he was so yeah. honest all the time.
0: Yeah. No, I thought that was pretty cool. What did you think when they had the final five in the room? You know, now you're going to meet these people for the first time. Like what was like the biggest shocker to you?
2: Oh my God. I don't know. I was like so scared. It's so, it was such a scary moment. And you know, it's so funny. You know how on the show, like they say like, oh, you guys are going to meet each other like face to face, like go get ready, whatever. We didn't meet for another like eight hours after that message came up on the television. Uh, so like for eight hours, I'm like pacing around my apartment. Like I did my makeup, my hair, like everything. I was like sitting on my bed waiting for like three hours, like <laughs> what's going on? And um so it was just it was it was just a mess. But yeah, I was so scared. I was so, so, so scared. And the first person I see when I open the door is Shabam. And I look yep. at him, and so, like, I smile or whatever, and then he tells me it's Rebecca. Like, I didn't really get to guess. He was like, Rebecca. So I was like, oh, shit. But Freeze. then that was really it. I mean, everyone looked exactly like how their pictures were. So yeah. I wasn't really surprised. Um, it was fun, though.
0: Did you think you were going to win the show?
2: Um, no. I mean, to be real, I don't know, because I never thought about it. Because I never had the money, I genuinely never had the thought of money or winning amount of money until the finale. Like we're sitting there and they're like showing the ratings up on the board. Like <laughs> I never thought about the money, and it's so funny because when I talked to the other contestants, they were like, "You know, I would, that's all I thought about <laughs> was doing this for." You know, like it, when when things would get hard because sometimes it would just get really, really tough, and like you mm-hmm. want to give up, and you want to go home. And right. like money would keep people motivated. And I would just, I was just so
0: not. But know You know, you really won in the end because I mean, you've had, I mean, your social media is blown up. I mean, congratulations. You just got a million followers this week, which is amazing. Would Thank you me. ever take it a billion years? You, you know, you did a TV show and now even though you did not win the show, you're definitely the most popular one out of everybody on the show because you got the biggest following out of everybody. So you're the biggest winner really.
2: Yeah, it's cool. It's amazing. I mean, um, I I genuinely didn't know what to expect at all. To be completely honest, to be like once filming was over and we all got to talk to each other, we never really talked about filming or like what we thought was gonna happen. We kind of were just like, can't wait to see you guys again. Like we really wanted to hang out. Everyone came to Miami. Um, so they had a week here and we like all celebrated and stuff, but I just, I didn't have any expectations. And so I feel like that's probably the best part of it is that all this stuff is happening and I'm just like, wow, it's crazy. I didn't expect any of it, but I love it.
0: Oh, man, it, it, it is amazing. I, and it's cool to see because I remember like when I was watching the show, um, you know, I was watching you and Joey and the whole gang. And, you know, I was checking you guys out on Instagram. I was like, oh, I'll check them out. And uh, I, I saw I think, I think at the point when I first saw you on IG, you had like 100,000 you know followers now you're at a million i mean it's just great so like you know for you you know having that kind of experience has it been like overwhelming to get such a, a big following so fast or is it just something that like you're just embracing and you got like wrapped up in it and it's like it's just been an amazing thing for you
2: yeah i mean um i guess in the beginning it was overwhelming and to be completely honest like in the beginning i mean even now i i rarely seen any hate comments or like negative things about me i've seen a lot a lot of positive stuff about me which is really great and um i like my my other castmates can't say that so i'm very grateful for that but i was very sensitive in the beginning i mean think about it like in four months over a million people are following me that's crazy to to think about and to think about over a million people are seeing like the stories that i post and the pictures that i post and the comments that they can leave like yeah. literally so available to social media right now and so like it was very scary in the beginning and one little comment like i could have a million of beautiful comments about how like amazing i am and one person saying something bad about me i'd be like great i'm going to go cry in my room for 3 days
0: and that's what so, they want you know that's what haters want you know they they want to like ruin your good time you know you just got to shake it off
2: yeah, that's what I had to get you used. To. So, like the first month, actually, I would say the first like two weeks was really, really hard, like really difficult. And um, but then after, like now, I'm like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> like, I I don't care. I genuinely don't.
0: You, care. Yeah, I, you really shouldn't. I yeah, mean, you,
2: you
0: have so much success going for you. It's amazing. You know, what have you noticed? Like, so now you got this big following. Uh, you know, like what's been happening for you? Have you been getting a lot of companies reaching out to you to do promotions and 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 shares and to get you know help other people's followers what what kind of stuff has been coming across your way
2: yeah pretty much all of it (laughs) anything that you can (laughs) think come my way like before um before like the pandemic happened of course like so many crazy stuff i had planned like i was doing probably every pride that you can think of like i was supposed to go to houston pride i was supposed to do south like miami pride um i luckily got to go to cape coral like maybe a week before the pandemic got really like deep. Right. Um, so I got to do, I got to do Cape Coral pride luckily. And um, but yeah, I had so many events and charities. Like I had like four trips planned to LA. It was crazy, but now everything's canceled. But um, yes. I'm very grateful for all the, the opportunities that I've been given. I'm still being given opportunities now. And um, it was very overwhelming, but it's finally like, Cool now. Mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still getting people reaching out and wanting like giving me opportunities, but it's just settled now because I have an agent finally who's like going through all my stuff and she's yeah. absolutely amazing. And um, so yeah,
0: so now you got all this great stuff going off for you. You know, we've got the you know you're on this great show, got a huge following, got all these opportunities. You're going to school, get your master's. I mean, I I commend you for that. I know it's a lot of work. I do it myself, so I know what you're going through we're going to school full-time i go to school full-time myself too so yeah uh, i am actually going for my master's too in information technology management and uh uh, yeah so i'm doing the online school working a full-time job doing the podcast on the side so you know i know how it is to be busy so i can speak your language for sure (laughs) um i don't have the million followers though but uh so now like you know do you have anything like coming out the gate, like after all this is said and done, do you have anything that's lined up right now?
2: Uh, well, I just dropped a bunch of merchandise. So that's going like really, really well. I was not expecting it to go as well. It has been. Um, so I dropped that. I have more like um, things coming out. We have some pride uh, merchandise that's coming out soon and some other like outfits. And um, so that's probably what I'll be working on now. And that's really it. I mean, I'm, Oh, I'm also, uh, hosting I'm one of the hosts for um pride this weekend it's Florida pride so all the um all the like cities are kind of coming together like Palm Beach Miami Beach um Fort Lauderdale like we're all coming together and they're hosting a huge live pride um so we're gonna be doing that and I'm so excited that's gonna be so fun
0: oh that's awesome you gotta let me know and I'll I'll share it through my feed so so people know how to check that out for sure that's amazing so um um, now, now that you you said you had an agent, so like, uh, is your agent like booking you for like acting stuff or TV stuff, or how how does that work?
2: Uh, see, that's the thing. Like, people think because of the show, I'm an actor, but I've never right. acted a day in my life. Like, I'm not an actress. I, I mean, I would love to do it. I would love to like take acting lessons and stuff, but I've never done anything like that. Um, so, no, I haven't been doing anything, and I'm also still in contract with Netflix until uh next year so I can't do any TV.
0: Really? And so like, now like did they are you gonna do something else with Netflix or is it or, or like do they have like little jobs that you do like for them, like TV spots no, or I would, <laughs> I
2: would love to do that. Um but yeah I don't really know. I think it's just like a no television contract, of course, unless like Netflix wants me to do something for them. But um so, my agent pretty much does like the promotions and collaborations throughout my Instagram and my social media. Okay. So, like, he handles like my Instagram, my Twitter, and my TikTok, like all that stuff.
0: That's awesome. I'm going to need one of those. So, <laughs> it's <laughs> crazy. Did. It's too much work.
2: Yeah, oh. it gets easier because like some companies, like if they get a, a response from me, they try and take advantage of me. For instance, like smaller companies who want uh-huh. me to like, promote their stuff and they're like, I'm a small company. I'll send you my stuff and you just post it for free. So it's like, yeah, I, I just give it to her and she like handles it better. It's way better than me saying stuff to people.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good idea. You know, I think you handle it well. I mean, we've communicated through email and uh, you know, it's been great. And has been, and you're very professional. So I want to thank you for being professional. I deal with a lot of people. So some are a little rougher around the edges, you know, to yeah. say, in a, politically correct way but uh and others are professional and you're definitely professional i know we tried getting a we tried getting this podcast a, a while ago right we we're talking yeah. a long time
2: it came out like back in january and my yeah. I calling me and being like oh um like this guy's gonna email you he wants you to be on the podcast whatever i was like okay cool like i'm down whatever and then it ha- we talked about it and i forget what happened but super then bowl.
0: you had the super bowl stuff going oh,
2: on oh it was so much fun oh yeah
0: yeah, how was that? What did you, what did you, uh, was like a Super Bowl party or something like that?
2: So I worked Barstool, um, okay. bar sports. yeah, so I helped, I worked like a huge event for them, um, in Miami, and then I worked at SLS, I worked for, um, another big company, and SLS, uh, hosted like one of the biggest parties in, in South Beach for Super Bowl. Wow. So it was absolutely nice. I met like every famous person that you could think of.
0: Who was the coolest one you met?
2: French Montana and DJ Cumberland.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, Khaled's we so, down here a lot.
2: It's so much fun.
0: That's amazing stuff. Yeah, I was like, because we, we had a couple, but I was like, you know, I was like, no, do what you got to do, make your money, do your thing, you know, get yourself out there. I totally understand. But yeah, I was like, oh, man, too bad. But here we are, uh, five months later, <laughs> right? Four months later, we, you no. know, we, we still make it happen. Really <laughs> That's right. Well, I want to thank you so much, Sam. Is there anything you want to let the world know? Because I'm going to bomb this thing out. And uh, a lot of people are going to get to see this. So uh, anything, any sponsors, any companies, anything at all? Let it out.
2: Me. (laughs) That's it. Just me.
0: Right there. Hold on. Right there. Follow Sammy on IG.
2: All of it's the same. My social media, my Instagram, my Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all of it's it's Sammy tag. So it's pretty easy to find me.
0: amazing thank you so much sammy this was great talking to you i was really looking forward to this
2: oh thank you so much
0: absolutely uh and i'll be in touch i'll shoot you an email uh this week and i'll get some clips out to you
2: all right thank you
0: you got it and uh stay safe during this quarantine and happy cinco de mayo
2: you too (laughs) thank you
0: (laughs) Bye. (laughs) bye bye all right all right guys girls thank you for tuning in tonight mma uncensored episode six with paulie malignaggi and uh, Sammy from this awesome show called The Circle on Netflix. You got to check it out and check her out. she got a million followers. I mean, she's really popular. Very nice. Very nice girl. Uh, so, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. It was a lot of fun. Happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. Next week, stay tuned. We got a very, very, very special guest coming on. Not going to believe it. I can't believe it, but it's going to be amazing. And I can't wait to announce that to you guys. But, again, guys, thank you so much. Um, stay safe. I hope everybody, you and your family are doing great. Uh, For anybody that's been affected by this disease, my thoughts and prayers are with all of you guys and and your family. God bless you all. And, uh, you know, I'm just hoping for a speedy recovery for anybody that's been, uh, you know, affected with this virus. And, uh, you know, just follow the rules, guys. I know it sucks. We got to stay home, stick with a mile, Taco Tuesday. It is what it is. But uh, I really do hope that, uh, you know, we get through this thing and we stay safe, follow the rules. And before you know it, we'll be, you know, back out in the streets wreaking havoc. And watching some fights, but, uh, it's fight week, baby. Get ready. Tony Ferguson. It's going to be good. Uh, so thank you again, guys. God bless you and have a great night.